0: Welcome to Changing Your Dreams, Parenting a Child with Special Needs, a podcast where we shine a light on the unique grief of special needs parents that few people recognize and no one really talks about. I'm your host, Lara Kitts. How do we live a beautiful life with chronic stress and grief? How do we nurture ourselves while we nurture our children? How do we make ourselves a priority when they need so much? My guests and I will discuss this chronic, ever-renewing grief, transforming your dreams, and how to take care of yourself along the way when parenting a differently-abled child. This episode is sponsored by Flight Club. Join a circle of friends who understand you and your life as a special needs parent. Combine that with monthly guest experts, live self-care accountability sessions with me, and easy, actionable assignments to help you emerge from the hard work, transformed, just as the butterfly from her chrysalis, and you've got Flight Club. Today's episode is a conversation with the delightful Shannon Clink. Shannon became a special needs mom through marriage. She shares with us about the importance of community in your self-care plan, what her three E's are, and how she became finally effing happy. Let's get to it. Hello, Shannon. How are you? Good. How are you? I am good. I am good. I'm super excited to be here today. I am really excited to talk to you because we have a lot in common. We do. And so let's just get right to it. Would you tell us about your parenting journey? Because it is actually where we really differ. Um, You have a, a definitely a different route to special needs parenting. And so will you share that with us?
1: Sure. So I have mom covered in just about every genre. I am a bio mom. I am a step mom. I am an adopted mom. And I'm a doggy mom. So, uh, you know, I sort of have mom covered. And I have kids that range from 16 to 35. And our youngest, who is 16 years old, is my stepson who was adopted from the Ukraine and he lives with us, my husband and I full time. And so he has intellectual disabilities and that's how I came to the road of being a special needs mom. After I had raised my bio son who's now 25 as a single parent and got him off to college thinking, okay, I'm done. And, and then I gave birth to an 11 year old. (laughs) That sounds kind of painful, quite honestly. (laughs) It's, it's been, it's been a journey and that it really is partly why I am so excited to connect with your community. So excited to connect with you because the, I, I there just aren't enough words to tell you how necessary it has been for me to take care of me first so that I could show up and do what has truly been the hardest, um, yet most fulfilling journey of my life to date.
0: Yes, let's unpack that a little bit if you don't mind. Sure. Um, tell can you tell us what that looked like this like transformation story basically of you know how how was life before and then what was yeah. it that made you figure out that you had to start really putting yourself first and making yourself a priority because that is just the single most challenge I think of special needs parents and it's really why I'm here doing what I'm doing and so um, you know, as many ways that people can hear this message, I think is important. So, tell right. us how that looked for you.
1: So, I will tell you that I came into my son's life, he was seven. And then um, maybe he was a little younger than that because he was 11 when he came to live with us full time. And as you can imagine, and I'm sure there are many of your listeners. So he was doing the back and forth between his dad's and his mom's, my husband's ex wife, and that that's challenging for any human being, let alone challenging for an individual with special needs. And we're a
0: lot of families can definitely relate to that.
1: So incredibly challenging. And so it just made sense on so many levels that when he was transitioning out of elementary school that he be in one home or the other full-time. And so he came to live with us full-time. And the fortunate part for me is I had been a parent. I had raised my bio son too. And he had had some uh, sensory integration challenges, but nothing. that are equal to uh, my 16 year old's challenges. And so I had some familiarity with the whole, you know, IEP, PPT advocacy world. But I had a reference point of being able to take some time and put in place a community to support me. Right. I am all about do not do this alone. Don't do, I can't do it alone. Don't do it alone. There are mornings, I'm just sure that there are so many people who can relate. The the other day, Monday morning, for those, I'm sure there are plenty of others who had the same experience. Google was down in places across the world. And our particular school district is functioning through Google. And so at 6:45 in the morning, I walk in the kitchen to start our morning routine. And my son is having a complete meltdown, complete meltdown, Monday morning, 6.45 a.m. Ooh, so that's we, rough. Right? That's how you start your day. It's how you start your week. I'm pulling in, all right, I got this in my toolbox and I got this in my toolbox and we got some breakfast and we got some mindfulness and we got some, you know, panic attack strategy. Like we're using all our tools. It's great to do, 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 right? we get him online about an hour later and hugs and breakfast and class and tech support. And he's on class do to do to do, do doing his day. Like he's fine. We've used all the tools and I go crawl into bed and want to pull the covers over yes. my head. Like, it's done. then
0: the aftermath of that. Right. Yes.
1: And so, I gave myself 45, right? And who has 45 minutes to do nothing? But I gave myself 45 minutes to do nothing. I didn't pray. I didn't meditate. I didn't call anybody. I just, like, I was ready to pull the covers over my head and pop back out in June and be like, okay, I'll see you all in June. I'm done. (laughs) So I gave myself 45 minutes. And then the very next thing I did when I got out of bed and got myself a cup of coffee is I called two girlfriends. I called two girlfriends who are part of my support network to just not even vent, but just to say 645, total emotional meltdown. He's fine. I'm having a hard time transitioning and getting on with my day. And they can just give me a virtual hug over the phone. It doesn't need to be any bigger, any more complicated, any more therapeutic than that. Just... Oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. And I can go, thank you. Okay. And then get on with my day. But I, I can't, I don't want to do that on my own. Mm-hmm. I can't do it on my own, right? There's this Buddhist saying, and I'm not very good at quoting these kind of things, but if you were to sweep the floor with a broom that had a single bristle, it would take you a really long time to sweep the floor but if you sweep the floor with a broom that has hundreds of bristles it takes no time at all to sweep the floor so I when i need to, that one yeah so when i need to move something inside of me if i try and do it on my own i can get there in the end man it takes so much longer and if i reach out to my community and ask for some help. And that's a humbling thing. You know, we're raised in this culture of I've got it. I can do it. I'm strong and independent. And that is true. I am all of those things. I am strong. I am independent. I'm super smart. I'm super resourceful. And And I need a community.
0: Yes. And
1: and so I was able to put that community in place that included, yes, some girlfriends, some spiritual support, some professional support, so that when he came to live with us full time, there really was that community for all of us. And it was necessary, very, very necessary. When he came to live with us at first, he was very explosive. And so it was a very volatile We had a pretty volatile house for about two years Um, as we walked that part of the journey, putting in place structures and supports that really met his needs in a purposeful way. And that took a long time, right? Mm -hmm. And then not taking things personally and realizing I'm the adult in the room here and It's been a long journey to get there, but I'm happy to say that truly one of the blessings of COVID is that he's doing remote learning at home. So the reduced sensory input and the reduced social angst, yes, his entire nervous system has calmed. So lovely. It's been one of the silver linings of COVID for us. So
0: I, you know, I love that you describe that um, because I've had a similar experience with my daughter where um, COVID lifestyle is kind of just another day for us. Um, you know, obviously it's easier when she is at school and the teachers are, Uh, you know, um, leading her and guiding her and, and teaching and helping to meet her IEP goals every day and that sort of thing. But when she's not able to go to school based on various shutdowns and whatnot that keep coming and going, um, you know, I, I have found a similar thing that you say it's, you know, without having all those other things sensory wise, because uh, my daughter, too, is very uh, sensory challenged. It's, it's, it's her driving force. It's everything, mm-hmm. her sensory system. So um, having so much more control over that, you know, is what it son- sounded like you were saying. You, ha- you have so much more control over that because he's not out in the world with all the other kids and the teachers and the bells and the, everything that's happening. So um, it makes it a little bit easier. Um, there's definitely a lot of challenges to COVID as well, but, um, but I know so many other families who have kids with special needs, it's, it's made it a lot worse. Mm-hmm, you know, true. it's a lot harder and, and I don't want to, you know, pass over that and, and pretend that, you know, that's not the case because I know that, but it's interesting that there's kind of this really two sides um, depending on your child and what their abilities and disabilities are and what their needs are how how pandemic life has or hasn't affected affected you so it's
1: interesting. yes and i do have several of my peers and fellow moms who this has been an exceptionally challenging time having their kids home full time and not having the level of social supports there to support their child, but also really that support them too. And so that need to, what do I need to do to take care of me? Um, just, it, it feels so imperative right now. And for me, there needs to be, cause I can even then take that and start beating myself up with it. Right. And it's like, okay, so, so how do I make that, you know, what I call my Shan care? (laughs) How do I make that really um, integrated into the fabric of my day and the rhythm of our family? You know, I'm not the kind of person that's going to get up an hour early to have a little bit of quiet time to myself. I'm exhausted in the mornings. (laughs) I I, agree. Exhausted. And so I'm not getting up an hour early. So I think that extra sleep is self care. (laughs) I think it's totally critical. And so that place of um, how can I take these self care things and really weave them into the fabric of my day so that it is a sustainable thing for us and our family. And that's a constant tweaking practice. It really is, you know, one week, it might be more about my physical movement and water and healthy food choices. And the next week it's about like no movement. And can I get more sleep? And am I connecting with my girlfriends, making time to have phone calls where I'm not getting interrupted every, you know, 12 minutes or whatever it is. You can go 12 whole minutes. Wow. I know, huh? It's impressive. (laughs) That's (laughs) impressive. I know. I feel pretty accomplished sometimes around that.
0: (laughs) I love that. And so one thing, you know, a couple of things that I um, talk about parents who are in my circle and in my membership, um, the way that you can really do that, like you said, how do you, you know, weaving that into the fabric of your day? How do you do that? What does that look like? You know, what I teach is, is, bite-sized pieces, baby steps. I say, you know, we're not going to do a half hour meditation. We're going to learn how to breathe for three minutes. You know, if if we can have three minutes. Um, and then also, you know, just understanding that I, I love what you said in that you're not alone, that you can't do it alone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just so huge. And I, and I don't, I want to come, I wanted to re-emphasize that again, because that's real. Another really, really hard thing for people. No matter, I think it's across gender too. Um, really hard for people to accept. And like you said, it's cultural. Like it's in our culture as Americans to be tough and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and all that sort of stuff. And that, you know, that's really hard for people to swallow in that, you know, shouldn't I be able to take care of my kid by myself? Everybody else is doing it, you know, kind of a thing. So how, you know, and you talked about that, but as far as the weaving things into your day, how, how do you do that? How do you frame that in your mind to be able to, to make yourself a priority throughout your day, every day?
1: so there is and this is a practice that i teach in my coaching work as well but it's only because i do it personally and the weeks that i do it it's better than the weeks that i don't do it and i i refer to it as my sunday sound off and so on sundays i have a quick look at the calendar it's not like a long 30 minute let's plan out my goals for the week it's just a quick look at the schedule ahead And I break down my self-care essentials. um, And in my workshops, I break down self-care to three different categories. There's my essentials. There's my extras, but regulars. So maybe those are pedicures or a bubble bath or something like that. And then my extravagance. Because my extravagance, I don't get to happen very often. But if I consider those self-care, then I'll never do self-care. So my essentials, I then break my essentials into two components, my internal and my external. And so sometime on Sunday, usually towards the end of the day, sometimes it's first thing Monday, depending on what's going on. I just pick one or two at the most internal essentials and that to focus on for the week. And that's going to be, I'm going to light a candle in the morning and just That's my way of saying, okay, whatever energy is out there in the universe, take care of us this week, or give me strength this week. Like I light a candle, or maybe I'll do some tapping. Um, I've done emotional freedom technique for 20 years. I came across it many, many years ago before it came sort of fashionable as it is today (laughs) with tapping apps, which I do use. I think they're fabulous, but I've been doing it for a long time or Um, So I, or maybe it's some Louise Hay affirmations or some mirror work. So I just pick one thing for that week to focus on internally. And then I pick one or two, no more external things that I'm going to focus on for that week. So it may be, I'm going to set a goal of drinking 60 ounces of water four days this week and stretching for 10 minutes, four days this week. I have never been the person to say, I'm gonna work out for an hour and a half, six days this week. Like, (laughs) it's just not realistic. Not realistic. But but when I focus on one thing, I am gonna stretch for 10 minutes, four days a week. I put it on my calendar. Lo and behold, not only did I do those four times of stretching, I did get 20 minutes on the treadmill, or I did get to take the dog for that extra, you know, loop around the block kind of thing. It snowballs. But if I were to set that bigger goal, something happens, you know, Google Google goes down and nobody can get to school, right? Like something happens. And then I'm like, see, I can never take care of me. It's just gonna be like this forever. I'm just gonna be exhausted forever. Whereas if I do it the other way around, like you, where I set these little baby step goals and then let the snowball effect take care of itself, I get to the end of the week and I'm like, I'm a rock star. Oh my <laughs> so gosh! it's about to I, say. Say, I rocked it. <laughs> right.
0: That is beautiful. I love that. And I love the way that you break it down into the different categories. It's very easy to wrap your brain around and to not feel overwhelmed by and to really recognize that there is that essential category. And that self-care isn't just, you know, a massage and a vacation mm-hmm. and, and even a bubble bath, you know, cause that never comes to fruition very often either. And that is always what our vision is. That is always what, you know, the examples are. And, and we just can't realistically put those into our days every day. And, and having um, the mindset that it has to be every day is really critical. To balance our lives, right from all the and hearts.
1: I am a firm believer. As you know, cliche as it is, and we hear it over and over again, the biggest gift I can give to my family is for me to take care of me. The biggest gift I can give to my son is for me to take care of me, so that at six forty five on Monday morning when Google goes down, I don't go down with it. And I show up and I am the keeper of the toolbox and I'm getting all the tools out of the toolbox and we're using them while we're, you know, having little mini panic attacks, right? Like, like I can show up and do that. But if I'm not either physically or emotionally fit, and I personally add spiritually in there, if I'm not physically, emotionally and spiritually fit, I can't show up at 6.45 in the morning when Google goes down and be the calm and steady energy that walks us through that. And so the biggest gift I can give to my family is to take care of myself at all of those different levels. And some days I'm like, what an order. Oh my goodness. I don't know that I can do this. And on other days I go, what a, what a gift that, cause I, I can I can. And then, one of the things I know about us parents of individuals with special needs, we have this tremendous capacity. We have tremendous capacity to show up in those moments and walk through amped emotion that not everyone can. But again, I've got to be spiritually, emotionally, physically, right, in order to be able to do that as consistently as we have to do it.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when the meltdowns and the behavior and the dysregulation are daily, we have to be able to be that calm and steady with the toolbox coming through the door on the daily as well. I right. love it. And I, I
1: think... The other piece that I would add in there is that's really important is to know when I don't have it as well, to know when I've reached the end of my bandwidth for whatever reason. Um, I personally have a, a chronic immune deficiency that's also very severe. So I get an IgG infusion every two weeks. And so sometimes I, I don't have the bandwidth or the capacity for whatever reason. And I think it's just important as to know when I don't have it to either, you know, tag to my husband, you're it. And for those as someone who is a single parent for 18 years, there always isn't, there isn't always a partner there to go tag, you're it which is all the more reason why I need to have a community. My husband happens to travel quite a bit, not during COVID, which is another silver lining of COVID that we've gotten to have, but he travels a lot and I do. I have a core group of about four people that if I'm, I'm done, I'm tapped out, I can at least pick up the phone and call. And oftentimes, particularly if I'm sick, or I have an infusion, or there's something I can anticipate, and I know my husband isn't going to be available, I make sure to let them know in advance, like, hey, he's going to be out of town, I have this procedure going on, just letting you know, you don't have to do anything. And there's something about just knowing that somebody two blocks down the road sort of has me a little bit on their radar, that makes it a little easier for me to show up. But again, that's so we talk about it, but it is so counterculture and actually doing it. So I would really encourage people. And as someone who was a single parent for 18 years, the need to build that community. And if you're like, I don't even know who I'd reach out to. Oh my gosh, join this community. Friend me on Facebook. Like we're here. We're totally right. here. Right. Yeah,
0: I love that. And I love so much that you are able to bring the experience of being a single parent into that conversation, because that's not my experience. And so I feel really kind of a duck out of water, um, you know, talking to single parents, because I feel like that's a whole layer that I can't relate to. And so, you know, what advice do you know, am I able to give on that? And so I really love um, you speaking to that and, and just validating for me and for them, you know, everyone listening in that situation, that there are plenty of options that you don't have to be alone. And that is a choice And that we, you know, would encourage you to choose to have support in whatever way, shape or form that looks like, because it's not always family. Um, it's not right. always family. It's and not so, always family. Um, the best kind of family is the one you choose. I, I sometimes say
1: (laughs) that's what my adopted grandmother always said. And truly, if I look at my family today, we had, um, Thanksgiving before last, all of our kids around the dining room table. And my husband said something about, you know, well, aren't you glad we brought you all together? Because our kids are all there and they are not biologically related. Not one of them is biologically related in any way. Oh, that's so fascinating. And they're so quintessentially siblings, you know, that's, they that's sort good. of, and they've never all lived together in the same house for any length of time. And they you know, nip and nip, Right? Yet let anyone else say anything derogatory about any one of them, and they're like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, that's my brother." Don't you get de- 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 right? I, right? And it's just the family that the universe has brought together.
0: So Good for you. Well, and that and that you and your husband have cultivated, you know, and and loved and nurtured to that sure. point.
1: For sure. And can I say one more thing to the Absolutely. single parent out there? Because it just keeps popping up in my heart as we're having this conversation. The number of times I walked into a PPT by myself.
0: And so and tell, that, us what a, tell us what a PPT is in case we have people listening who aren't familiar with that.
1: Yes. Yeah, so a PPT is, I don't even know what the acronym stands for actually, <laughs> but it's a planning meeting at the school for our kids. Okay. And so the number of, you know, where you go sit with all of your kids, teachers, and social support and go through his their IEP, their Individualized Education Plan. That one, I do know what it stands <laughs> for. We just had a PPT this morning, which is maybe why it's so alive in my heart.
0: That could be it.
1: But I've walked into so many of those on my own by myself. And there are few times as a parent where I have felt more lonely than those moments. And so I just, if you're a parent who's in that situation, going to meetings at school as the sole advocate for your kid, having to make those choices and take all of that information from the teachers and the professionals to make those decisions. And it's like, I have to make all of these by myself. I just, my heart goes out to you. You're really not alone. I have so much empathy and understanding for that moment. It's so worth it. My son is now 25. He's independent. He's living a financially rewarding life all on his own. He's taken his own path for sure. He decided not to go to college and that was cool and so on and so forth. Like every one of those moments was worth it. And every one of those moments was hard. And I just wanna hear that, hold that, you can do it, walk through it. It's gonna be okay.
0: Those meetings are really hard when you do have somebody there with you so um even you know just making it even harder to to also feel alone and having to make those decisions is really it's really heart-wrenching to really think about thank you for shedding light on that um, And so you mentioned earlier, very briefly, and so I want to talk a little bit more about what it is that you have got cooking up. You've started a business, Mm -hmm. um, I know, recently. So tell us about that.
1: So my business, Finally and Happy, um, really is that because I am finally and Happy. Um, I look pretty mild and mainstream, but I deep down have a pretty awful potty mouth. So I do try and keep it clean on other people's (laughs) podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, uh, part of my personal story is that I grew up in a very violent home and have done a lot of work therapy, internal, external on my journey of healing. And a part of that journey was that I had done therapy in different weekend workshops and lots of self-help books. And I had moments of great joy, don't get me wrong. I mean, some really wonderful, beautiful moments, but found myself at 40 years old coming out of another failed relationship with the suicide hotline number in my pocket because I just thought, how could I have done all of this self-actualization work and still feel meh? I like Right. And so what happened in that period of time was this, no longer trying to accumulate more knowledge, though I'm always open to learning more, but it was less about accumulating more knowledge and more about doing, getting into action about the things that I had learned. And so finally, F and happy, as I say, is part science happiness, part heart and deep empathy, all wrapped up in a slightly irreverent sisterhood of fun. Because we take this learning, this knowing that we do, we have, we have this knowing, but let's put it into practice. Let's get into action around it. We all know what we should do to take care of ourselves. Well, Mm. you know, we hear the phrase stop shitting on yourselves. Right. But it's like, I know how to do a sit up, but that doesn't mean I have six pack abs. Right. Right. The, 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 the self-care, the transformation, whatever word you want to use is not in the knowing it's Mm -hmm. in the doing. And so it really became about taking that knowing and implementing it in my life. And that's what I do. I, through this community of women, I help them identify what their favorite knowing is. And for some people, it is the secret, Abraham Hicks, that line of thought. For some people, it's uh, yoga or Buddhist meditation. For some people, it's their Christian community. I mean, it's all it's. Mm-hmm. For some people, it's very Um, Healthcare oriented, physical exercise, hiking, peaks, mountains, things like that. So it's a variety of things, whatever your own personal knowing is, but creating a plan to actually doing it. And that that doing begins with those same things that I said before, where we're going to take your self-care and we're going to break it down to your essentials, your extra, but your regulars and your extravagance. And we're going to make that happen. And people can participate in that at the community level, or like I'll run alongside you, like I coach would in a marathon, and I'll, you know, cheer you on and give you training tips every step of the way and every sort of level in between of support and connection therein. And I really find We oftentimes in our culture talk about, oh, I'll be happy when I get this new job, or I'll be happy when I have this house, or I'll be happy when I get to move this city, or I get happy when, as opposed to how how do I find that happiness right here and now today? Because I I don't want to wait. I want it right now, regardless of whether Google's gone down today and we've started the day with panic attacks, I want happiness right now. How do I do that? I do that by starting with what I call the three E's, right? My essentials, my extra, but regulars, and then my extravagance. And, and, and then lo and behold, I am lighter and I am happier. And when I'm lighter and I'm happier, then I have the energy to fill out that resume or enroll in that class or start, you know, with the local running club and do a 10K or, because I am finding those little baby pieces, breadcrumbs of happiness in my day-to-day life that are there.
0: I love it. That is so beautiful. And congratulations on Thank you. finally, finally launching, finally effing happy. Yes. Um, I'm very excited for you and can't wait to see how you and it grows along together. Um, so where can people find you?
1: They can find me on Instagram at finally and happy and on Facebook, just under my name, Shannon Clank. my website address is finally effing happy. And the effing is spelled E F F I N G. and I will be launching my podcast right after the first of the year. And I'm hoping you will come on and share your brand of happiness with us.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. Well, we will look forward to hearing that. And and again, by the time this airs, it will probably be out. have your podcast now. That's so exciting. So everybody needs to listen to you and find you and follow you um, and join in on being finally effing happy. I love it. Thank you so much, for you, Shannon.
1: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me and just, you know, hugs and care. And I always sign off by saying, be kind to you today.
0: Thank you. I love that. Yeah. And to you as well. Thank you for being here. If you want to learn more about how to take care of yourself along your parenting journey, join my free five day challenge. It's called It's Your Turn because it is your turn. You give and you give and you give. It's time to pour back into yourself. It's your turn to be nurtured, to be taken care of. Join me for my tips and tricks to make it easy and possible in your busy life. Go to my website, larakitts.com, to register. That's L A R A K I T T S.com. The challenge starts February 15th.